let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey everybody, welcome back to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. This is Andrew Jordan, along with my witty and beautiful and smart and intelligent and spiritual wife, Emily. Thank you, hello, and I'm not witty. I think it's one of my like dream characteristics, but I probably will That's because you be watch too many episodes of Gilmore Girls. I know, and they are so witty, and I'm just like, how They're fake. any person no one's be like that, that witty? Because no one's like that. That's okay, fake. But that would be so awesome to be that and, witty. And like, some people can be that witty in moments, but no one's that witty all all the time. True. That's like one but, of my big issues with the show. It sets up realistic yeah. expectations and then people think, I'm not witty because I don't say as many 18th century literature references as Lord like Gilmore. Welcome to Outpost of Home Heaven. Was a, where we pick apart was a high girls. school dropout. There's no way that she was that well read with high school with her 18th century literature. Okay. Well, now that we've analyzed that, um, I Sorry. do wish I was a little more witty, Sorry. but that's okay. I think you are witty. I think you're funny. Okay. Well, thanks. So today we are going to talk about something that Emily was able to do a lot of studying and pondering and praying on. I feel like last week it was a lot of me. And so this week it's something that Emily's been thinking about. And she was actually able to give a talk in our last session, uh, our last state conference in the adult session. And it was awesome. And she killed it. And it was wonderful and inspiring and lovely. And so she's just going to kind of run through her points for us and i'm gonna jump in and ask questions and do my thing yeah so i would like to uh, clarify not clarify really but just mention that um speaking is hard giving a talk in church is hard and then when they like ask you to do it in state conference that's like terrifying and i just want to put it out there that like i hope to never do that again (laughs) I've done that twice. I've done state conference twice, and I'm, I'm like, okay, that's enough for a lifetime. So, I've accomplished See, that I, for my I, life, and now I, I'm done. Now I enjoy I speaking. I enjoy speaking. Yeah. It's terrifying. I do enjoy it a little bit, but that's a big audience. Yeah, I actually have never spoken so state conference, so I can't. I'd rather give talks in like a ward setting, yeah, like a a single like a congregation, creation. because if if you don't know, like a stake. Is like several congregations. Yeah, it's combined. equivalent it's like of an area. a Catholic diocese. Yeah, which I'm not familiar with, but yeah, yeah. so it's it's smaller than a Catholic diocese, um, usually, as far as like population, mm-hmm. and it's usually made up of five to ten units, like five yeah. to ten individual congregations, which usually have several hundred members, like several hundred active members, or a couple yeah. hundred active members usually. Yeah, work. so I was terrified. Yeah. I was sweating like crazy. and So you said you enjoyed speaking, though. Why do you no, enjoy speaking? I enjoy speaking... I don't think I enjoyed speaking at state conference, but I enjoy speaking in general because like, I like the preparation. I like that like, it's more of a study for myself, and I feel like I learn a lot from speaking. Yeah. And and then it's fun to like kind of bundle everything you've learned, and then you get to share it, and that's that's pretty fun. What's your style of speaking... And what's your style for preparing to speak? 
Oh, mm, what? Well, okay. So we all know that. Maybe I'm, like reverse though. So what's your? How do you prepare to speak? And then what is your style of speaking? Okay. Well. Or what are you trying? Preparing. To do? Preparing to speak. I. I mean, I always start with a prayer, and then just kind of like I have an assigned topic normally, and so. I will kind of be like prayerful about the topic and then doing scripture studies based off the topic or going to general conference about like going to resources from general conference about the topic and kind of gathering things from there. But I think we all know if you listen to the podcast, you know that I love lists and that like tends to be how I end up planning. Um, And it doesn't always translate into how I present it, but this time it did. Um, I planned a list of like seven things, um, to like, to talk about, I guess, seven, seven main points. And so I just kind of like translated that right into how I spoke. I brought it up as like, here are my seven points basically. And I feel like that's a real easy way to prepare for a talk. If you're like concerned about, about doing it or giving a good talk or concerned about filling up the time, Mm -hmm. um, having points especially once your list is like five or more is a real easy way to fill up time because if you think about it, if you have five points and you have seven right so if you have five yeah if you have five points and you have to speak for 15 minutes that's three minutes per point right yeah it's easy to kind of break up the time like that and mentally mentally that helps yeah that's a good hack yeah. Even though I, I, I generally despise the word hack. <laughs> hack. <laughs> what was it's it funny. the other day that your, we said? You, one of your podcasts yeah. and one of my podcasts was talking about how they hated hacks. Oh, And they're like, yeah. the funny part was, like, your podcast, like, the people from your podcast and the people from my podcast would never talk to each other in a million years. <laughs> like, Mine was like a motherhood podcast that they hated the word hack because they hated that, like, people just say, like, mom hack or something when it's just like a, a product that you buy it's not really like a hack it's just like oh it's just something you buy yeah and so they were like peeved about that and that was yeah yeah anyways that's totally not yeah, so go on. that's so, not on topic so but, you're talking about um, so that's talk- just how this is how i kind of presented the talk was seven points on words of faith and positivity um yeah so do you have anything you want to add before i kind of like Dive in there. Yeah. No, did I, you say jive? Dive. I heard jump and dive. I, and just dive. I kind dive of. I, I, I dropped the second half of the word just, so I said just dive. Jedive. 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 Okay. Okay, so this is my seven ways to use words of faith and positivity with yourself and with others. Let's hear it. Okay. So, number one is actively choose to believe. In April of the 2021 conference, President Nelson said, Choose to believe in Jesus Christ. If you have doubts about God the Father and His beloved Son, or the validity of the restoration or the veracity of Joseph Smith's divine calling as a prophet, choose to believe and stay faithful. Take your questions to the Lord and to other faithful sources. Study with the desire to believe rather than with the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life or a discrepancy in the scriptures. Stop increasing your doubts and by rehearsing them with other doubters. I was like clapping as I like, yeah. stop uh, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Allow the Lord to lead you on your journey of spiritual discovery. I, I, I love this. Can I say why I love it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. You are completely... Free to you jump have, in? Yes. 
I have complete freedom of jumping in. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I love this reshaping of the way we approach faith and doubts and our spirituality because I feel like so frequently our faith is framed in almost like a biological way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm faithful or I'm not faithful. Oh, like yeah. this is happening. Or like not you happening. can't change it. It's like I'm something. healthy or I'm sick. Or it's like it's just something that's not. It's a state of being, as opposed to like black and white kind of a thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm not doing a very good job of of describing this, but it's almost presented as a foregone truth. Like there's no way you can change it. Like mm-hmm. either I'm faithful or I'm not faithful. Either I have doubts or I don't have doubts. Right. And it's something that's out of your control. It's how it's presented anyway. Mm-hmm. And I love this because what the prophet's saying is, hey, just keep working on it. Like this is, you will become, the you are the product of the choices you make. Right. Yeah. Yep, that was it. I, I really like how... He, he's not telling us that we should never have questions or we like can never struggle with our testimonies, but the the point is that when we do have questions and when we do struggle, like what are we going to do about it? Are we staying positive? Are we going to the right sources? Or are we going to like stew in it? Yeah. Are we going to go to the wrong sources or like rant about our doubt with someone else that's doubting that's not going to be helpful at all so instead of doing that we can be positive we can talk about our spiritual struggles in a positive way so i know we have like like six more not like Mm -hmm. exactly six more points but i wanted to hear your insight why do you think it is bad to rehearse your doubts with doubters i think that's a a pretty powerful statement Mm -hmm. that the prophet made well i think it just like spiral you just spiral Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, if, if you're sitting here and I know that you hate mashed potatoes and I hate mashed potatoes and I need to like get this off my chest that I hate mashed potatoes, like me talking to you isn't going to like make me feel like I should like mashed potatoes or that I should like. It's like, can you believe how mashed potatoes talked to the asparagus? Yeah. <laughs> About the lemonade? That's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels good to, like, in like a in a bad way. In a bad way, it feels good to talk to a doubter yeah. because you feel validated in your, like, doubt. Yeah. Um, and then that can, that can be dangerous because then you start spiraling and, I don't know, it's not very spiritually healthy. Mm-hmm. So... Instead, I would go to someone that you love and trust in not with a not with an intention to spiral or rant or complain, mm-hmm. but with an open, honest heart. Hey, I'm having this this testimony struggle or this spiritual battle. Can we talk about this because I trust you and I like I know that you're strong in this area and I'd love to talk with yeah. you about this. What well, and it's it's understanding that uh who you share your thoughts with will actively shape the development of your thoughts. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if you if you want your thoughts to be more faithful, share your thoughts with somebody who's going to help you become more faithful. Right. If you want to share your thoughts with somebody who's going to make you less faithful, 
then share your thoughts with those with those people. And you can think you can I can hear someone saying, "But Andrew, I just want to share my thoughts with the people that I love or the people that I care about." And I I think what the prophet's saying here is like you can share your thoughts with whomever you want, but the people that you share your thoughts with are going to actively shape the creation of new thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so you have to just be mindful of that, right? If you love somebody and you but you know that they are actively seeking to, to tear down faith or their faith is weak, if you share your faith, your questions or your doubts, or your concerns with them, you are likely going to develop weaker faith as a result of that. Right. And when we are faithful and positive about our questions and our um, like testimony struggles, we are able to like feel the spirit more and we're able to feel more confidence that there's answers and peace that's for us and it motivates us to like act in that faith to find the answers Mm -hmm. otherwise we're kind of just like wanting to be dowdy and miserable yeah and i think or we don't want to put the work in and so we feel like oh i just don't understand. Yeah, well, it's easy to get into a pity party. It's easy to get the pity party. It's easy to get into a pity party. And I think that it's very important to choose the people that you are speaking with actively. Because, oh, this is what I was going to say. As you share especially sensitive things with others, we are so desirous for... Is that a word? Desirous? I think that's a word. Yeah. We're so desirous for relationship Mm -hmm. that we naturally want to agree with the people that we're discussing with if we like them Mm -hmm. right we naturally want to fit in with them and to find relationship with them Mm -hmm. and so if we are over time and i think this is especially over time not necessarily in a single instance but over time if you are sharing with a, with a person, you're going to want to agree with them. Also, it kind of fits our discussion from last week about creating a narrative. And so when you're rehearsing your doubts, it's kind of like when you have a negative interaction with somebody and you're replaying the interaction over and over and over again. If you're doing that, you're very likely to start, uh, every time you rehearse the story to somebody else, you're going to start pulling out worse and worse details and fewer and fewer of the good details of the Mm -hmm. interaction and i think the same thing is true with our doubts so whether that's a doubt about the existence of god or the veracity of the book of mormon or of the calling of the prophet joseph smith or of the synchronicity of the four gospels in the new testament or whatever it is or whatever your uh, the background is in in your faith uh, because i know we have listeners who are not members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i think this principle applies to everybody if you have doubts, every time you rehearse this story as a story of doubt to somebody else that is also doubting, then that story is going to get worse and worse and worse every time you tell it. It's like a bad game of telephone, mm-hmm. but only like the negative things get re- get pulled out. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. So number two Sorry, is... I, I, no, I'm going to be quiet so we can get through these faster. Sorry. Okay. Number two is plan with God. And this idea kind of came from, like, the beginning of the year, we kept hearing the word manifest. Like, manifest your goals. 
it seemed like everyone was just saying, like, yes, like, if you write it down, it'll happen. If you say it out loud, it'll happen. A big surprise. Um, a popular trend peeved me. Yeah, big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to, like, clarify to myself and to others that, like, manifesting something is the is not the saying it out loud part, but it's the it's the action. And that saying something out loud or writing it down does not make it happen, but planning with God leads you to act in faith to accomplish your goals. And so I think that the more that we involve God in our planning and our, our dreams and our wants and our our goals, it's it's involving Him that makes it happen or not if it's not his will but if we are including him then we will be ready for success or we'll be ready for the disappointment we'll be able to handle it better if it if it's not his will yeah so i i agree with you that the emphasis just needs to be on manifesting the lord's will as opposed to your will and so you need to maybe not completely remove yourself from that equation but realize that the role you play is much less than the role the lord plays and I think that's where what you're saying differs from the way the, the world was was jiving around this idea. Right. And it also goes right back to our episode from last week about writing your narrative and having Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father be the authors for you or with you in writing your life story. So it goes right along with that. Okay, number three is the power of the reset button. This is one that I've been working on with parenting specifically, but I also use it with myself. Um, the reset button is basically when I am spiraling, when there is a negative moment or a negative emotion happening, or I feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> um, I can metaphorically push the reset button. And what that does is just, like, wipes everything away, and then I can start fresh. And um, really, that reset button is prayer. I mean, I don't always say a, like, a nice prayer in the moment, but it's it's a prayer in my heart that, that I can start over fresh, that I don't have to carry all this negative feeling into the rest of my day when I don't need to do that, um, that I can just push the reset button, start over, have a better day. Um, I use this with the kids all the time when they are having hard emotions, when they are having their flare ups and their drama. Um, (laughs) (laughs) don't have drama. Okay. Um, or when they're fighting in the backseat or something crazy, like we can, we can push the reset button and they do it with me too. They, we say, okay, I think we need to push the reset button. And they all put their fingers up. They go, okay, one, two, three, beep. And then like, it's done, it's over. And they're, they're like different after that. And I think it's really cool. Jesus Christ gives us many, many chances all the time to repent, to change our ways. Um, we do that through baptism. We do it through taking the sacrament every week. We can do it every single day, all day long through prayer and turning to him. That's what repentance is. It's changed by turning to him. And that's what the reset button is for us. And the reset button it's itself, that metaphorical button, um, figurative button, is is just like a 
it's a good way for me and for the kids especially to like understand that concept of repenting and moving forward. When we use that reset button, we are showing faith that we're willing to try, that, that there might be a positive future by restarting. Just in case anyone can hear any background noise, we have a, we had a freeze dryer going and now we have people in the house <laughs> uh, vacuum sealing the freeze dried goods. So if you hear any like buzzing in the background, that's what that is, our various food storage preparation mechanical activities. Okay, so what's next? Okay, number four is expressing gratitude to God and others. So expressing gratitude to God and others doesn't always just mean saying thank you, which it does. It does mean like saying a prayer of thanks and giving thanks and um, and that. But it's also, to me, it means to acknowledge Him in our day-to-day. Um, it's acknowledging His hand in the tender mercies, in the things that you enjoyed that day. Um, making it personal. Like I love when I go on a walk, I love to like look at the sun and look at the sky and look at the breeze and like just Start know that. Pocahontas. No. Oh. Colors of the wind. I'm just kidding. Um, but just to like, just to thank him, like, and feel and stop singing. <laughs> just to know, even if it's not for you, necessarily but just to kind of think like hey you know i really appreciate that sunset like that sunset is for me right now and i need that yeah so that's like one way that you could acknowledge him um other ways to acknowledge or express gratitude to god is um to say thank you and please more often to him and to others to uh, make a gratitude journal or a Tender Mercies notebook or a note in your phone. I've done that several times. Handwritten notes and gifts, acts of service or sacrifice, and keeping the commandments is a huge one. Yeah. Um, when we keep the commandments, we show God that we love him and that we acknowledge him and we are grateful for um, him wanting to keep us safe. The one thing I just want to add to that that you already spoke about or kind of highlighted is this idea that saying thank you and please, It's le- that's much less about just saying these polite words, and it's more about recognizing that you're not owed anything. That anything that you're given by the Lord, by another, is a gift. right? Mm-hmm. And even when it's something that you paid for, you might say, oh, I have a right to this or I'm owed this. The fact is, you could live in a much harsher world where you're not given those things. And so even if they're things that are owed to you, actually owed to you, and so when you say thank you, when you say please, and when you are kind, it shows others that you are grateful for them and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so like, I like that, that. Yeah. Okay, number five is the use of the word and reminds me that my comfortable and uncomfortable realities can coexist. So your negative and your positive can coexist. It doesn't have to be so like horrible or so amazing. You can have both. One thing that I learned from one of our very first guests was Sister Rochelle Chase. Um, She talked about this use of the word and instead of using but. And I don't think that that means that we can never say the word but. But she doesn't. But she doesn't. And Um, she doesn't. And she doesn't. (laughs) 
I think that it's a very helpful practice if you're struggling with this to, for a time or forever, replace the word but with and. For example, um, God loves me the way I am and I can do better at this and this and this. Or I'm struggling with not raising my voice and I deeply love my children. So just understanding that we can have a struggle and also be good at something. Or we can have a doubt and also have faith in another area. Your good nature, the, the good aspects of who you are, are not dependent upon perfection in those areas. Or in the, are dependent upon perfection in execution. Right. Yeah. There's no need to feel like you are the crappiest person in the whole world because you might be bad at one thing. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking, I love my kids and I struggle to not raise my voice. Mm-hmm. The fact that you love your kids or the, the fact that you love your kids is not dependent on whether oh, you I understand. raise your voice or not. Yes. Or it has to depend on you not raising your voice. So the good aspects of you can be constant regardless of whether you are doing something that you feel doesn't fully live up to the goodness in you, mm-hmm. which is the nature of being human, the nature of being right. fallen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number six, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, not a hypocrite. And this idea came from... Brad Wilcox. Brad Wilcox, who we've talked about. We've talked about this talk. He's so great. Um, on the podcast before. But basically what this means is that a lot of the time we, or I, I know I do this all the time, I think that because I am struggling in an area that if I try to do better at it for some reason it makes me a hypocrite because I know that I'm not perfect at it so like me trying for some reason makes me a hypocrite I know it doesn't sound logical but have you ever felt that way Andrew I with my personality type I do I feel this way a lot less than yes and I think when I was younger like as a teenager especially I felt that way more frequently Mm -hmm. but my personality has other issues than this one. <laughs> okay. So Brad Wilcox said, I'll just read a quote because I love this. It says, you're not a hypocrite because you have a bad habit you're trying to break. You are a hypocrite if you hide it, you lie about it, or if you try to convince yourself the church has a problem for maintaining such high standards. Being honest about your actions and taking steps to move forward is not being a hypocrite. It's being a disciple. Boom. So when we understand that we are disciples and not hypocrites, we can go forward positively in faith and confidence in God's power, love, and mercy. Yeah, that's super powerful. I, I think it's so easy for us to to think in absolute terms when we're in dark places. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. To, to say, oh, I... I struggle with this, so this means I am a bad person. I am never going to get over this. So if I try to be a good person, it's not real, or I'm faking it because I know deep down that I'm a bad person. But just right. it's not true. Like Right, and I think in part what Brad Wilcox is saying is we shouldn't even, and I'm putting his words in his mouth a little bit here, but we shouldn't even think of ourselves in terms of good person or bad person. You should think yourself in terms of trying to be a better person or trying to be a, a worse person, mm-hmm. right? Because it's all about direction, not about where we're at right now. And where we're at right now is really only important 
in terms of trying to figure out where we need to go next. Right. Yeah. Because we all fall short of the glory of God, so we're none of us have finished progressing in this life. Mm-hmm. Which is a little exhausting when you think about it. Oh, super. Yeah. Like, I'm 27. 27. <laughs> yeah. 27. Okay. So I have how many years left of trying to progress from where I'm at now? That sounds exhausting. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. We can do this. We're positive. Yep, we're done. We're, we're good. Positive. We're not done. We're good. Okay, we have one we're more good. point, though. Our seventh point is to talk to yourself the way that God would talk to you. That's oh, so sweet. It is sweet, but it's hard. Sometimes it's, really hard. it's not sweet. I feel like sometimes I have to have a more oh, serious well, talking about with myself. Yeah. It's like how uh, we won't share any any parts of our patriarchal blessings, but the voice of Emily's patriarchal blessing is very different than the voice of my patriarchal blessing. Mine is like so sweet and kind and like uplifting and encouraging, and Andrew's is like. The opposite. <laughs> yeah, it, it just read. Mine reads like marching orders. You better do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like you need to do this and you need to do this, and you're gonna be expected to do that. And make sure sh- I don't get a lot of like make sure you don't do these things. It's a lot of you're gonna have to do this and you're gonna have this responsibility and you do this and you do that. And that's a lot of. And you better be better be ready for it. Yeah, like a lot of strict marching orders. Yeah, but that's. But that's how God needs to talk to you. Yeah, apparently. So like God, it, God, when God talks to you, I don't think this is always saying you just have to be lovey-dovey and soft and kind. I think that is sometimes how God talks to you. But God will also kick you in the butt because he's a loving father. And that's what fathers do. They kick you in the butt. Yeah. Would you say that there is maybe like a gender difference here? That like he tends to speak to women so more softly? And then tends to speak to men differently? Um, I think so. I mean, we can't speak for everyone. We're only two people. I'm guessing so. Based off of how prophets in scripture and in modern day speak to women versus how they speak to men. Yeah. And I think a lot of this has to do with general righteousness level. I remember getting in trouble with this idea in the mission field. A lot of the sisters in the mission would get mad at me because I would say, I think that women are more naturally Christ-like than men are. And they would get really mad at me, and they'd say, "That that's just putting too many expectations on us. You're saying that we have to be more righteous than than men, or like we're we're more like Christ, and so that there's more there's higher expectations on us." Like I I don't know if that's true or not, but all I know is there are a heck of a lot more active sisters in the church than <laughs> active brothers, and when you're in a branch, especially in areas of the church where the church isn't very strong. A, there are a branch for anyone who doesn't know is like a, a very yeah. very very tiny congregation not always very very tiny but well, some, you like in in russia it was usually yeah. very very tiny i have only experienced very tiny well like morgan city is not very very tiny it totally is very tiny they're like 30 to 45 people that's pretty small that's pretty small but you can have a branch of like 90 people yeah okay right okay. so defend my branches out there i got okay. you guys okay uh if you're in a small branch over 60 to 70% of the people in the branch are, are women, at least the active members. And I think that female spirits just tend, lend themselves more to being Christ-like than men, than the male spirits. I think it's harder for men to be Christ-like in every phase of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. So I think that there is a bit of a difference. Even with that, though, I think the Lord will have direct conversations with his daughters 
just like he will have with his sons. Yeah. I think we all need a good, like, kick in the pants sometimes, so... But I, I do think that women in general are much more quick, and not just women. I have lots of guy friends who do this too, but I think women in general tend to be much more quick to berate themselves and to put themselves down in comparison to others, whereas men do the same thing, but they also tend to be prideful and think more of their efforts, at least at a higher rate than, than women do. So I think because of that, God deals with his children, with women on average differently than how he deals with men or his sons. Mm-hmm. Not because he's like, oh, I'm going to deal with women a certain way just because they're women or I'm going to deal with men a certain way just because they're men. Right. I think it's about where they're at personally. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's my theory for now. Yeah, cool. Complete theory. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how can we really know right now? But mm-hmm. Something that... Andrew does to me all the time when I am speaking negatively about myself is he says... Watch yourself. No, you've never said that. (laughs) I say that all the time. Okay, what do you say? (laughs) I say... I feel embarrassed saying this right now. I say... Don't talk to my wife like that. Yep. Or my girlfriend. One of the two, depending on your mood. Yeah, he says, don't talk to my wife like that. And then I don't know what to say other than I just shut myself up because I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, that, yeah, you're right. Um, and I usually say it kindly. That? I don't say it like like. Oh, yeah. No, it's kind. But it's usually like, like Emily, like, please don't talk to my wife that way. And yeah. You, or as, and that just. I usually say, can you please be nicer to my wife or something yeah. like that? It, no, it's it's kind. It's never rude. Um, but it, it does open my eyes to like, okay, well. I am loved. Andrew loves me very much. I and do. he would never talk to me this way. And I think that. Especially on Tuesdays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, well, today's a Monday, so. Well, it's, it's, it's more okay today than tomorrow. Um, so anyways, but I think that the, the principle applies with children of God. Like we are a child of God. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. And we wouldn't talk to other children of God as poorly as that we as we talk to ourselves, right? Usually, generally, hopefully, speaking, I think that the the farther along the covenant path you are, the more likely you are to speak to yourself negatively than to other people. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think that is? I think. As we start down the covenant path, we become much more selfless. And the farther we get down the covenant path, the more selfless we become. And so the more willing we become to blame ourselves than to blame other people. So really then, like the farther along the covenant path we are, like the better we're getting at life, the more we have to pay attention to this. Yeah, I think it's one of those those polishing things it's it's a a polishing feature and less of like a rough edges features you know if you're you're trying to polish a stone you have to beat off like the really 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 rough and sharp edges and then there's a, a process of smoothing and polishing and i think this might be one of those polishing talking to yourself things. kinder. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of people yeah, maybe no, that's for, a good for some people it might be the first step on the covenant path. But I'm just thinking of averages here, like just in general. And maybe I'm just thinking of myself. 
I, I think it's a good step to take across Regardless, the yeah. whole journey. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, those are my seven points. They were very well thought out. Uh, I wish everyone could have just watched her give her talk. It was really awesome. Oh, I'm so proud you. of her. I she finished, that. and I was like, that's my wife. I think I said, um, like a thousand times. And no, I talked no, way no, too fast. Th- this time you talked when you did gave Oh, when I gave my talk, I talked way too fast and I said, no, um, no, no, no. Don't you say conference talk? You did a really good job of slowing down. It was the best talk you've given. Well, I was so you. proud of you. you. I wanted to like stand up in the audience or in the congregation and be like, that's my wife. Yeah. You are, you're the cutest. You're the coolest. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, well, um, less than loves and loves or loves and less Ooh, than loves? I'll go first. Okay. My less than love is, are, is, is, insurance companies. <gasps> the worst. I don't like them. Nope. I, I, I less than love them, especially for business stuff. I didn't realize how many layers of insurance you have to have to own a business. To run a business... Like a, like a functioning business where you have employees and whatnot, you have to have so many layers of insurance, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So you have your your professional insurance, so your malpractice insurance, your uh, general liability insurance, your commercial insurance, like insurance on the building, and then you have to have your workers' comp. That's what it is. You have to have workers' comp insurance, and then it's it's super complicated and super silly and every insurance company is different and they all are are frustrating to work with and and i've been dealing with them at work for over a month at this point trying to get one or a handful of policies renewed and reinstated and get new quotes for new policies and it's a nightmare. It, I, I literally want to pull my hair out every day. I'm sorry. And I deal with insurances for a couple hours a day on like a massive level where we're trying to spend. No, it's not massive, but, you know, we're... Bigger than just tens. like your car insurance. Or yeah, I mean, we're, we're spending insurance. like tens of thousands of dollars on insurance every year. No, I'm sorry. Health insurance is another one. That's another one I was thinking of. Yep. And dental and vision. And, because your company has to pay for all that junk. All that junk. <laughs> I know it's great, but it's it's very good and it helps people. And as a recipient of it, I'm grateful for it. But it is a nightmare trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Okay. Well, my I'm sorry that you're struggling. With you're that. fine. You're fine. Um, my love is that we've been like really, really, really into like dreaming about homesteading and farming or like gardening, and I'm learning a ton, and I love it. Yep. That's all. I'm loving it. And I'm loving like more like homemade foods and like make homemade homemaking bread. And I dried homemade, a snake skin. We dried a snake skin. We talked about that last week. Oh, did we say we dried it? Mm-hmm. Though? Okay. And we hung it. I we hung, hung it up. Dried, dung, dried. <laughs> I rung and dried and <laughs> okay. Dried and hung a snake skin in our house. We've juiced our own orange juice. We've cracked our own wheat. We. I, we have this garden. That's we haven't cracked our own. We've ground our own. Ground. Wheat. Okay, sorry. Ground. Sorry. The, what, cracking wheat's a specific okay. thing. We've grounded our own wheat, and we've like. I think ground is, is this, the past tense. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have ground our own wheat. <laughs> and this is past participle, huh? Stop it. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> 
We did a lot of these things. And for Mother's Day, I got Emily like a, a homesteading book. And, and gardening gloves. And I'm just like loving it. I'm loving the earth. And I'm just like... Loving the earth. Yeah. I'm just like all about the earth right now. And I'm loving it. So You hear that, Zach? We're hippies. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that you are able to... Um, have some success as you try out some of these principles and tips for yeah. positive and, thinking. And, and none of these tips faith. are from experts. These are just no. the things we found yeah. in our lives, and we hope that you have you've been putting together your own list. And maybe you borrow some of the points from ours. Maybe you adjust them, or you amend them, or you uh, change them so you can apply them to your family life a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope and the goal. And we love you guys. And right. if you have, if you think anybody would benefit from these episodes. Feel free to pass them along to your friends or your family or share them on your on your stories or text them to your your friend group chats. I think that's the, the best way, actually. If someone will text it to me, like in a group chat, and say, hey, I've been listening to this. Oh, yeah, I'll always listen I, it's, to it. It's much more likely than going to listen to it. So if you're thinking of a, of a person uh, that you would like to share this with, texting it to them is usually the best way yeah, that I sure. found. Yeah. So we love you guys. Keep the faith. Bye.